Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. And I'm Darren. And today we want to do something a little bit different. We want to talk about some puzzle games, but not the ones we typically talk about because I I think these are just ones that are a bit shorter or they're very light on story. They're just not ones that we would want to spend a whole episode on. And we still like them. We want to talk about them, but in short bursts, I guess would be the better way to put it. So this episode could be really long if we really get into talking about these games, or it could be really short if we just rush through. We don't know yet what this will be like. We tried to do this before, back in very early days of recording, when we thought it would be great to tack these onto the end of episodes, and then our episodes continued to get longer and longer, and we felt they were getting a bit long as it was. So we've decided to just devote a whole episode to it now. So what do you have first? Uh, I've got a new game that actually I was gifted out of nowhere called Gunpoint. Gunpoint is like a pixel animation, and I'm usually not into that pixel animation stuff, but it's a pixel animation puzzle game where you play this detective and he's got these special trousers that can make him jump. Uh, you're, 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 you're Wait, nobody else can jump? <laughs> well, like jump really far, like a frog kind of thing. Um, it's a very humorous game. Uh, you, yeah, you get these pants, you try them on for the first time and then you fall out of your window more or less, and onto the ground. Like, don't tell anyone about that. Uh, and basically, you go through, like, it's just like a situational like level where there's like a room or some rooms. you got to push panels to open doors, distract guards. You can hold on to, like, the ceiling and stuff, and you can you can Spider-Man around, around the rooms. So if you switch off the lights, guard will come to switch the lights back on again. You can drop down and punch him in the face kind of thing and at the beginning of the game you like punch him but you're still on top of him and like you can just keep on punching him and, he's like, and then text at the bottom of the screen is like you only gotta punch him once and then you, you keep on smacking with it just smashing that that mouse button is like no really stop <laughs> and then it gets to the point where you you try to set some kind of record here you punch this guard in the face 201 two three four five you know, times um it's 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 kind of like a pix like it's kind of like a pixelated version of Quadrilateral Cowboy, uh, where it's like a, but it's like a 2D scroller type thing. Very funny, very good puzzle game. Um, I've not finished it yet, but from what I've seen so far, I'm well into it. Yeah. So gunpoint. One I would like to talk about a bit. Now, this is a game that I've not finished. And to be honest, I probably won't, but I like this game a lot for what it is and what it looks like and what it tries to do. And that is Fez. Good game. You introduced me to Fez because you also introduced me to the documentary, what was it called? Indie Game the Movie? Indie Game the Movie, yeah. And this is one of the stories that they follow, is the creation and publishing of of Fez. (laughs) It is a really cool look that I feel a lot of other games have taken with this character, the way that this character looks. The idea is that you are a character that is 2D in a 2D world, but when you get the Fez, suddenly you have a 3D world and you can rotate it around on the x-axis and that allows you to go places you wouldn't normally be able to go to solve some puzzles that you wouldn't normally be able to solve without it. And it's done in a very interesting way. It's big, though. This game just feels really, really big. It is 
a pixel art style, but done in a way that looks special. And I like this game a lot, but it's just so much exploring and so much going back and forth that it's just not my type of game. But I really respect this game. I think more people should play this game if they haven't, especially people who are into puzzle games, people that are into exploring. I think just more people should experience it. It is $10, but there's no way I paid $10 for it when I got it. It will go on sale. Get it on sale. Give it a try because I think it's an experience you should have. You played Fez, right? I did, yeah, yeah. I like I like I like Fez. Um again, this is kind of an interesting thing for us to talk about because all the games that I've got written down here, most of them I've completed, but there's a lot of them that I haven't. And I think when we do the regular kind of filling in the gaps, we play those games to death and write down like every single detail of them. But this is kind of fun just to be like, yeah, I haven't finished this game, but uh, I like it, you know, it's but one that I did finish uh was uh Haven Moon. Haven Moon is a mist type game that is made by some, I uh, think a single developer made it. And for one guy making this game, it's really incredible. He's captured a lot of the mist kind of, um, yeah, like ambiance and art style. It's identical. And like, yeah, people say, oh, it's just a ripoff. Like, yeah, well, we've all been crying out for a new mist game. And we got one in Zed and, ugh. <laughs> that's a story for another that's, day yeah yeah that is that was a severe disappointment but yeah yeah haven moon is really good it's awesome but it's quite short puzzles are solid um they're quite difficult mist style puzzles um yeah if you if you have a mist itch and you want you want to scratch that haven moon is 10 bucks i think as well i got it for about one dollar on a 90 percent sale because, like, yeah, yeah, even me, I was skeptical. I was like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to be any good. Yeah, sure, the screenshots look beautiful, but how does the gameplay? Perfect. It's like Silk. It's really, 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 really good game. The next one I want to talk about is not really a puzzle game, but it does have puzzles, and that is Regions of Ruin. It's not one I would typically recommend to Darren because it is very much pixel art style. It's a lot of... There is a lot of kind of grinding in it. There is a lot of repetition. The levels have a kind of sameness to them. I mean, they are pixel art. There is a level that you could do with what they're doing. It is somewhat RPG in the fact that you can level up your character. You can get better and better weapons. You can even, I mean, the essence of the story is to start a town and put in all the buildings and then upgrade the buildings. A lot of this stuff is kind of Skyrim, but on a very, very basic <laughs> scale. But throughout the game, there are some puzzles platforming. How do I get to the top of this? When there are things that move, you have to hit certain buttons to get platforms to raise and lower. There are also puzzles in which you need combinations of characters. And here's the thing. Regions of Ruin doesn't really hold your hand a lot. So... It may give you this symbol, but you don't know where it's supposed to go until you come across that thing later. And since it is somewhat sandbox as far as where you go, you have no idea when you will see that area. So you have to make copious amounts of notes to keep track of to know what you're doing. And normally that frustrates me a lot, but I think because this game is somewhat simple and somewhat shorter... That worked for me. And so it's a combination of a lot of things 
with some puzzle elements. I put 29 hours into this game and it's about $12 base. Again, though, some of that time is grinding. Some of that is, especially early game, not knowing what the heck was going on or how I was supposed to survive. You start off very, very weak. By the end, you're very, very strong, but you start off very weak and can be killed fairly easily. So there is a lot of that to the game. It's just a lot of many elements thrown into one somewhat simple indie game, and it it works pretty well. Uh, I again would say get it on sale. I did. But if we're looking at our $1 per hour, I got way more than that. This one that I've chosen next is again called Betrayer. Betrayer is only about five bucks, uh, full price. Um, it's not really a puzzle game, It's but it's got puzzle elements to it. It's a game where you play as a character who is in kind of, I don't know, he's in like some kind of Spanish frontier land in like the early 15th century and you get washed up on shore and on this weird island. No one else is around. There's a lot of exploration in this game. Um, there's like a, a map, kind of like Skyrim um, kind of map, like boom, there it is. And then you have to wander around and find certain locations. But the weird thing about this game is where it gets kind of difficult is um, you find a town and when you ring a bell, everything turns to night and then the whole map flips and it's kind of like going to the upside down in from Stranger Things, like just weird stuff is happening and you can communicate with like spirits and uh, different kind of enemies will come out and attack you. That's the one thing. Like, so basically everyone who did inhabit the island has turned into like kind of skeletons or zombies or something like that. And it's really difficult. It remi- It's kind of like a cross between yeah, Skyrim and System Shock for me, like difficulty level. It's, it's kind of interesting, but a lot of this game is like audio. So you have to like listen for where your enemies are or what kind of enemies are approaching you. There's, it's not a running guns blazing kind of game. It's not like Skyrim where you can crouch and then you're just invisible. Like if you pull off a shot and you miss, even if it's near the guy, he's going to kind of know where you are and he's going to come and find you and they'll kill you pretty swiftly. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting, very atmospheric kind of game, spooky. And yeah, if you like wandering around and finding stuff yourself and like zero tutorial, zero handholding, this is a good game. Like this is a game for like old school kind of hardcore exploration. Next up for me is a game called Deadlings. And you're probably only going to see Deadlings, the Rotten Edition, which is fine. The Rotten Edition just gives you some more bonus levels. It's a game with very, very little story. It is a game where one evil creature is controlling all the zombies and I think trying to take over the world. You control essentially three different types of zombies. You have the run and jump zombie. You have a slime zombie, which sticks to all the walls and floors. And you have a very gaseous zombie, which floats around on puffs of wind. (laughs) And it is very much platform puzzle. You get to see the levels as you go in. You can look around, make your plan of attack. You know exactly how many of each zombie you get at the beginning And you basically just have to find your way to the end door. It does what so many other games like it do, but does it in a way that is oddly cute for a zombie game. Really well thought out. Challenging, but doesn't feel brutal. This is not like a Super Meat Boy. This feels possible. I have not finished everything. I've finished the base game, but 
the bonus levels i'm not touched to be honest it is tricky you've played this one before yeah right? I, like, I like this game yeah i'm a big fan of it it's only four dollars at full price i've played it for six hours i think that that's probably pretty standard you could put more time into it if you're getting into completing everything it's just a good game it looks great it plays well it's a clever take on kind of an old format yeah um I, I like the i like the way that i'm not usually into kind of trial and error mechanics but this game does it really well where you're just like all right i'll i'll send out this zombie first and see what happens and then yeah as you oh, that didn't work try something else and then yeah like you said it's not brutal but it's challenging and i like how you progress through this game it's it's a lot of fun it does ramp up the difficulty the first levels you feel like a genius. Oh, this is going to be too easy. And then by the end, <laughs> you're going, oh, man, this game is so difficult. I like that. I like the progression they made. It didn't feel like it leaped at any point. It stepped it up in a very nice, gradual way that worked for me. Okay, what do you have next? All right, so next up for me is um, a game that was kind of given to us on our curator page. Um, we've both played it. It's Super Chains. By the developer 2D Engine. Is it done yet? Because as I'm recording this, <laughs> I have gone back in about three times. Keeps on adding stuff, man. <laughs> exactly. So I keep thinking I'm done and yeah. I want to write it on. I've got a goal for number of games I beat this year or right. finish. And I keep wanting to add this one, but then he keeps adding more levels. So I'm like, well, not today. Yeah, I, I, I played this. Way, well, we both played it when it was before it was even released. And... Yeah, it's like, oh man, yeah, so there's like eight levels, and those eight levels are pretty good, you know, and you finish them, and then it's like, oh, but then, oh, there's another level added today, and oh, there's another one, and another one. I haven't touched it for a while, but kind of like, in the, I'm in the zone now where I'm like, all right, I just want to go back when it's completely done. I think I've hit that point as well, but visually, it's good. It's beautiful, man. It's such a pretty game to look at. Everything's so silky smooth. Like, I like that about that game. So much of it is similar because there's a lot of matching with colors. There's a lot of matching with numbers and there are all these colored circles, but in so many different ways. Yeah. He's really thought of, he's like, all right, this is my mechanic. How many different ways can I? There's a lot of variation there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so yeah. How many different ways can I use the same thing? Like, but in completely different ways. To be honest, though, the one thing that really slows me down about this game is all the math stuff. Like, I can't deal with that. Like, the number, the number puzzles really are the ones that trip me up. And that's funny because one of my favorite ones is the double. Yeah. Oh, I think because it took me so long, but I could see it. I could see that I was getting close and I was working towards it. We have to double up to get to a certain number. I even started taking pictures, <laughs> like screenshots, because I'm like, mm, if I don't get it, at least I can say I was close <laughs> once. You can prove it, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, Super Chains is, is such a good game and it's fairly cheap for what it is. It's saying it's five bucks. Uh, yeah, it's five bucks and it's, yeah, there's got a lot of variation to the levels and it's, it's a very pretty relaxing kind of game to play yeah it's 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 very casual as well like if you don't want to you can of, jump in and out of this as much as you want really it's a really yeah it's a coffee break kind of game where you're like oh i don't know what to play i'll stick on super chains for 10 minutes try and beat a few levels great game love it the next game i want to talk about is one that you introduced me to which is called friday the 13th the killer puzzle oh yeah this is a free game 
which just astounds me. Because, well, kind of free. <laughs> well, okay, so there are more levels you can buy. But the amount of levels you get for free is, to be honest, more than I wanted. <laughs> There's a certain limit I have for this kind of puzzle. And I reached it before I got to the DLC sections. But it's great. It has a Friday the 13th feel to it. This kind of moving around you as Jason can move as much as you want. And nobody else can really move that much. You have the fantastic bit at the end where you're down to the last person. And I'll say like, final girl or final boy. (laughs) And you get to take them out. You have to work with different mechanics. Later on in the game, there's a phone you can call people to. It's pretty great. There's a good hint system as well with Jason's mother's head, I think, talking to you. And she also says really funny things like, oh, my sweet boy, you need to take care of those bad people. (laughs) It's kind of tongue-in-cheek Friday the 13th. It's funny, but it's not canon, right? I like it for what it is, I think. If you like these kind of movement puzzles where you have to figure out the correct pattern to move things around and deal with different elements like knocking walls over or moving blocks out of your way, then this is definitely a game, well, for one, it's free to try out. So definitely give it a try. You're not going to be out anything except a bit of time. And if you like this kind of game, and I think, I don't know, I think it's worth it. I'm kind of shocked that they've put as much free out as they have. If they want to make a bit of money off of DLC from people who really want to play more, I I can't fault them for that one. Yep. Yeah, it's a good game. Uh, last on my list is a game called Infra, all capitals, um, for some reason. Infra is... So it doesn't need... Infra! Infra! Yeah, there's no there's no exclamation on the end, like mother. Um, uh, but yeah, Infra. Infra is a deceptive little game. Uh, starts out, it's, it starts out as a walking sim. And I guess it is kind of a walking sim, uh, where you have, you, you start off in the office of some, you're a surveyor. And basically your job is to go to power plants and stuff and take pictures of things that might be deemed unsafe and just like basically judge the safety level of power plants or houses or bridges or whatever. Sounds really exciting. Yeah. I'm totally. Selling this to you, Justin, yeah? You had me lost at uh, <laughs> walking simulator. <laughs> so, basically, you've been told, okay, go to this place, take some pictures. And so, the first half of the game, you're walking around this office, getting camera, getting film, getting batteries, getting a flashlight. It's so mundane. You get in your car. You, you, oh, the, the elevator is not working. you got to use the stairs. You're just walking. I guess it's kind of like a tutorial where you're walking around this massive five-story building, something like that, trying to get to the basement to get to your car. But you're not doing this to get other things. No, no. Okay. And so eventually you get to the get your car and then you drive out to the place. Then things start to get weird. So taking pictures, blah, 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 blah. And then you find some really... I don't want to say because of spoilers because... Yeah, this is a very spoiler-free one, but yeah. we're going to find something interesting. Yeah, you're going to find some really interesting stuff where you're, the game flips on its head. To get further in the game, you have to solve all these pretty complex puzzles. I would I would kind of liken this game to The Witness, in a sense. It's it's not not the same mechanics or anything like that, but the, like the difficulty level. Like, 
it's got some seriously hard puzzles to solve. And there's like a level of detail in the story that is only found through the community. So I found something and it was just a, a, a sheet, you know. Um, but it wasn't until I examined the sheet or something caught my eye. I was like, oh, there's a really huge string of numbers up the side of the sheet. But, you know, blink and you'd miss it. Um, and then you go into the forum and I posted, I found these numbers and obviously someone else had found them before me, but like the whole community is like, Oh, I found these numbers somewhere. I found this, I found this. And everybody's compiling this thing. They, like we, they've found all these numbers. Like what do they mean? And so that everyone's crunching numbers and putting them through hex things and putting them through code breaking things. And it becomes this big community effort. And this game, yeah, it starts out as a very innocent walking sim, but becomes this really dark, mysterious game. I really like Infra, but I haven't finished it. The last one I've got today is a game called Hue. H-U-E. Have you played this one? Yep. I enjoyed Hue a lot. It uses what I believe is a similar mechanic to Wonder Song. Uh, you played Wonder Song. It's got the wheel of colors. In yep. Wonder Song, you, I assume you have a wheel of songs. Yeah, yeah. And what it is is platform puzzler, but dealing with color. So, for example, if I make the world red, a red box disappears, but a blue box will appear out of nowhere. Whatever your color background is, if the object is the same color as the background, it disappears. And that's basically the premise for the game. There is a story, but I would say it's a very uh, story light game. You get it, but you get it in bits of letters that have been sent to you it is a cute game with some really challenging puzzles if you're the type of person that loves achievements there are definitely some achievements and some will be hard to get because there are a lot of hidden objects that you need to explore and you need to go back through the world again after you have all the colors at your disposal because some of them you can't get until later so if you're into that kind of game where you have to repeat levels or go back through areas to find secret stuff, this is definitely for you. If it is not for you in that way, it's still worth it on its own as a puzzle platformer with some really interesting style of puzzle. For example, turning a blue rectangle invisible, essentially, so that you can push a red one through it and then being on the other side, it is a way that you're going to have to start thinking differently than you probably have to think through most games. I enjoyed it. It is roughly $16 now. I think it's still fairly newish, but I put in close to six hours. So just keep that in mind. I'm sure that I got it on sale. You could probably wait for one, but consider six hours of game to be the benchmark for this one. I like as well how this game has like a, a mode for colorblind people as well. So even if you are colorblind and you can't play the game, like, nope, go to the options. There's a, um, there's a way for you to switch off the color stuff and you can, it replaces everything with numbers or something like that. So it becomes more of a numerical puzzle game instead. And it still works just as well. So I think that's kind of it for this one, for our recommendations, short and story light, mostly puzzles. We hopefully will do another one later on, which maybe is a bit less puzzle oriented, but we hope you like it. If there are other ones that you think we should talk about in the future, if you like this kind of thing, let us know. 
leave us a comment or send us a message either through the Steam group or through our email at fillinginthegapspodcast at gmail.com. Gaps filled and more gaps created.